It's Thursday, May 14, 2020. You don't need us to tell you. The mercury's up, the air is thick, and the sun is baking everything it hits. Unsurvivable heat projected for decades into the future is already occurring now. You know, one of the things we've done is created so much we we produce. We're the number one producer in the world right now. Despite crashing oil demand, Trump administration speeding up drilling on public lands, plus a new study finds natural gas stoves are a major source of indoor air pollution. Great, I can't go outdoors, I can't stay indoors. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And the reason why climate change predictions are 20 years out, 30 years out, is because it isn't happening. Ah, thanks for clearing that up, Rush Limbaugh. I was getting worried. This is your Green News Report. It's, it's, it's all modeling data. And it's, it's no different than garbage in and garbage out. Okay, Desi Doyen, so you're telling me that if we survive the virus, we may not survive the heat. <laughs> exactly. Oh, great. A new study warns that levels of extreme heat and humidity that climate scientists had projected would not arrive for several decades into the future are actually occurring already. The study published in the journal Science Advances found that parts of the Middle East have already hit the maximum temperatures that the human body can survive, the equivalent of a 160-degree heat index. And parts of the U.S. Gulf Coast have also recorded heat index extremes of 125 degrees. The researchers focused on wet bulb temperature. That's a way of measuring moisture and heat in the air. Weather Channel meteorologist Kate Parker explains. The air's moisture content makes a tremendous difference in how our body reacts to heat. With higher wet bulb temperatures and therefore heat indices, sweat cannot evaporate off of our skin to keep us cool. Heat-related illness kills more Americans than any other weather disaster. Well, that's cheer. Meanwhile, despite crashing oil prices, the Trump Bureau of Land Management has announced it is moving full speed ahead with new oil and gas lease sales in New Mexico, including opening up new areas for drilling and mining next to the ancient Native American site Chaco Canyon National Historic Park. The public has only until May 28th to speak up during the very short public comment period online at regulations.gov, but only half of the households on tribal lands have broadband internet access. Well, let me speak up then. We already have more goddamn oil and gas than we need. We're keeping it in storage on boats offshore because we have nowhere to put it. And now we're drilling for more on public lands next to ancient burial grounds. Genius. A new study finds that natural gas and propane stoves and appliances are significant contributors to indoor air pollution. UCLA researchers found that after just one hour of use, a gas-fired stove or oven raised indoor concentrations of nitrogen dioxide to levels that exceeded national air quality standards for outdoor air, as much as five times higher than acceptable limits. Also great news. So uh, what happens? Will it make me sick? Yes, it 
it is related to numerous respiratory ailments. To decrease indoor air pollution, the study proposes that households transition to zero emissions electric appliances. That would reduce health care costs and save lives. And I would note that converting all U.S. buildings to all electric appliances would be a massive jobs generator. Well, that it would. So, yes, it is a bit weird for outdoor air to be less dangerous than indoor air quality for now, as countries have hunkered down during the pandemic to slow the spread of the COVID-19 virus. But here in the United States, vehicle traffic is ticking up again and right on cue. So is air pollution as states slowly begin reopening at different speeds. The Houston Chronicle reports that levels of air pollution in Houston have quickly returned to previous levels. But the shutdowns provided scientists with an unprecedented natural experiment for studying global pollution. According to two new studies focused on China, coronavirus shutdowns resulted in a 63 percent reduction in nitrogen dioxide pollution and a 35 percent reduction in soot, tiny particles that penetrate deep into the lungs. A third study estimates that the drop in air pollution likely saved more than 10,000 lives in Mm. China, more than died from the virus. Wow. In Europe, a new analysis found similar benefits. Harmful air pollutants fell by nearly half, and the researchers estimated that avoided 11,000 air pollution-related deaths. So obviously gains against pollution are temporary, but they do offer us a glimpse of a cleaner future that we could have. But of course, first, you got to vote for it. I'm in. Finally, Sweden has become the third European nation to close its last coal plant following Belgium and Austria in late April. Here in the United States, Upper Midwest Electric Company Great River Energy announced that it will close its North Dakota coal plant by 2022 and replace it with clean renewable energy sources, primarily wind power, because it's cheaper. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Blue skies, smiling at me. Singing a song, singing a song.